Has the pandemic changed the way we use social media? What happened to Clubhouse? And how does one of Sweden's biggest newspapers use Facebook, Twitter and Instagram? In this episode, I discuss this with Hanna Österberg, who's the social media manager at Svenska Dagbladet. Hanna, welcome to Shipstead Talks. Thank you. So we're going to talk about social media. You're the social media manager at Svenska Dagbladet. I'm wondering, the, the pandemic, has it changed how we use social media? Yes, it has. Um, we, what we can see is that more people use social media and more often uh, makes sense because we are more isolated now. I think Svenskan and Internet uh, showed really well. Uh, this is a report from Internet Stiftelsen that came out every year. Uh, and it showed that 89% now uses social media in total and for, uh, 74% uses social media on a daily basis. Uh, so that corresponds quite well with like other trends during this year that we use like grocery shopping online and so on. So yes, we use social more and also all kinds of digital services more since we are more home. So speaking about trends, at the beginning of this year, there was this enormous hype about Clubhouse. What happened? I haven't heard of it since. No, me neither. I've stopped listening around Easter, I think. Uh, but this was a really big hype. Uh, and in Sweden, this uh, happened some around winter when we were really isolated and we really missed our colleagues. And we missed this normal bus that you can hear in a bar or on a train. And I think therefore we try to replace this with something else. And I also liked the idea that it was audio. Uh, audio is growing a lot. We can see that on the podcast market and so on. But I also think that Clubhouse was a bit too complicated to join if you hadn't had an invite. And it wasn't great when it comes to integrity and safety. But you said something about, about you know, the talk on the bus, because to be honest, the content, the quality wasn't that high with just people speaking out loud. So, so it, in that way, it's reminded of, of a conversation in a bar. Yeah. And maybe that was the thing that we wanted at that moment. We wanted to be part of something and to discuss with people more freely uh, and maybe not like this um, strict podcast uh, structure. So maybe that was the thing that people really liked about it. And I think that the timing, at least in Sweden, was because of the isolation part. We missed each other really much. But I think that audio is still growing, as I said, and we can expect that social audio will keep growing I've read that, you probably heard that too, that both Twitter and Facebook are releasing their own versions of kind of Clubhouse similarities. I and mean, do you think they will now that Clubhouse somehow plummeted? I mean, it's not a success anymore. Uh, no, not like in that format, I would say. But if you take the whole audio part and put it together on another platform that is more used daily and that has other services as well, I think it will work better as a complement to other services on the platform. Because the problem with the Clubhouse was that it, it was it. You couldn't like have a chat conversation or you could, but it was harder. And I think that maybe this audio part will work better uh, in another environment. Clubhouse did kind of wake up to this audio. Uh, we haven't really seen social audio before. So this was a new thing for all of us. So I think that we will see more later on. 
some new and improved social audio and then it will stick. Maybe, maybe. But I read a really funny article in The Verge actually about comedians have a really huge audience uh, on Clubhouse. And it has also been a platform for, for scammers, of course. In the article, they talk about uh, someone who tries to be Brad Pitt for an hour. And he talks about climate change and so on. And he doesn't stop until someone in the audience actually says, but you're not Brad Pitt. <laughs> and then he stops. So, of course, all kinds of platforms has their thing. And But it was quite new for me that comedians are so big on Clubhouse. So I want to ask you something about your, your work process as a social media manager at Svenska Dagbladet. You said that something big happens in the news, a, a famous politician dies. How do you communicate that via social media and which platforms do you use? Yeah, this is what uh, I do every day together with my colleagues. So uh, to start with, we need to have the article published on site. That is the first step. Uh, and that could be like two sentences and then we can make a push notification out of it and put it out. And after that, uh, we often try to make the tweet. That's like the second step. For me, Twitter is kind of the, the breaking news channel uh, where we put the social news first. So we do the, the tweet to get it out fast. And after that, we kind of decide, uh, is this something that works well on Facebook or on Instagram or on both? If it's a, it's a really big person, it, it probably works well on both platforms, I would say. But we take a moment of like thinking uh, more about Facebook and Instagram because you can have like maybe a more analyzing a post on Instagram instead of that really fast one. You can have a fast one too, but we try to be more reflective, I would say, on that platforms. Yeah, okay. Twitter is more breaking news. Yeah, for me, it's it's very clear that Twitter is more breaking news. And, and that's how I use Twitter as well. Uh, to get the news really fast, uh, what happened, just like two sentences, and that's it. And then you can read more reflectively and see like reactions, um, maybe like different memory parts and so on, on Instagram later. And then for me, since Instagram is more of a visual channel as well, maybe you want to take the time to find the best pictures of this person and the things that people really remember this person for. So that's uh, how we do it most of the times. And the different platform, I mean, is someone primarily to get traffic, someone else to build the brand of Svenska Dagbladet? How, how explain that? Yeah, that's really interesting. And I would like to add Google here, actually. It's not a social channel, but for me, it's, uh, it's actually the most important channel when it comes to traffic. We get about three times more traffic from Google search than from Facebook nowadays. It used to be better with Facebook. Yeah, it used to be. Like five years ago, the numbers were the opposite. But now every people Google all the time. So, of course, if Svenska Dagbladet has great content on that subject, we will, of course, show up in people's search. We work a lot with the SEO, uh, search optimization. We keep Facebook and Instagram, of course, because they have other values. I would say that for traffic, Google. For more branding parts, Facebook and especially Instagram. Building a brand and building uh, the look of us, Svenska uh, Dagbladet, what do we do? What kind of journalism do we do? Uh, that's Instagram, I would say. And Twitter? Uh, Twitter, as I said, more fast news. Also, uh, kind of opinion content works really well. 
Yeah, but is it traffic or brand building? More more traffic, more traffic, yeah. More traffic, okay. Yeah. okay, okay. Uh, for me, as I said, uh, fast news, and then you, of course, often click the link in the tweet. So more traffic, but not as, it's only a couple of percent actually in total. So Google is huge. After that, Twitter and Facebook about the same, but it's not more than like 10% in total of the traffic. And, and can you give me some sort of measure of when you're successful and some numbers? Is it possible to say that? We like to keep the numbers for ourselves, of course. But I think that, uh, as I said, the SEO traffic is so big nowadays. And I think every media uh, platform should be thinking about this because the SEO numbers could be uh, really valuable if you work with it. And you can also adapt the journalism a bit around SEO. But when it, when it comes to success, for example, uh, we did a project with Idag Sidan at Svenska Dagbladet. We did what we called the Physiotherapeuterna, uh, which was a series of videos where we filmed different exercises that you can do on your home office. And our video editor, Dan, he filmed and produced uh, the videos for Instagram. So that was the main channel. And talking about success, we encourage our viewers to save the post on Instagram. I don't know if you've seen this save symbol on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then on the right. Yeah, on the right side. I save good pasta recipes. Then I yeah, save. exactly. So the thing was that people started to save these video clips a lot when it comes to this particular series. And we've seen in total around... 1,000, 2,000 saves on one post, which is a really big number for us. That's great. But you tend to save the things that are instrumental to you, right? That yeah. you can, this is good for me. I could use this afterwards. Yeah. Same as with the spaghetti recipes. Yeah, pasta. And also this showed that people actually wanted to do the exercise with us later on. And therefore they, they saved it for later. Great. For me, that was a really good thing to because it's so easy nowadays to just scroll on and, oh, that was interesting, but I'm not like that interested in it. Uh, but if you save a post, it shows somewhere that um, I'm actually going to go back to this later on. Talking about great numbers and success cases, uh, there's a food store called Ika Brottbyhallen that got 97,000 followers on TikTok. What does that say about social media and, and Ika Brottbyhallen? And about TikTok and our society. Yeah, that is really interesting. Uh, I discovered this last year. Uh, it's two guys, uh, Martin and Luca. One of them is an employee, I think. And they started to play around with TikTok uh, in this Ika store. And they did... Um, they asked their colleagues, uh, what's the most important thing to have on tacos? What happens... Uh, uh, in the checkout, the most annoying things that happens in the checkout and so on. And they started to just like play around and, and do this uh, on work time. And then they got support from Ica Central, I think, uh, because they, <laughs> they experienced that it was a really good thing for branding Ica. And for me, it shows that this is a great way to reach out to a younger audience and build kind of the story around the brand for them because everyone knows about Ica, but can Ica also be fun and, and engaging to hang around with? And I think this uh, with Ica Brottbyhallen really showed that it can. And for me, it showed that I think all brands need to have these 
20-year-olds, someone ones uh, who can uh, do the creative thinking. But is this something for you at Sanska Dagblad? Because I know your readers are pretty old. Yep, they are. <laughs> we try to to uh, uh, reach younger as well. Uh, yeah, but that's that's kind of the problem that for me, uh, we have to be where our readers are and they are not on TikTok yet, at least. Uh, so we need to choose channels from where our readers are. Uh, but I think in the future, uh, we will need to look at TikTok. And when we talk about longer perspectives, we will need to look at all platforms because uh, we need the young ones. Uh, they are getting older. And when they choose their newspaper or their news sites, uh, we have to be relevant for them. Uh, and I think it's a problem in the newsroom that we don't talk about these so much now. Uh, it came later on. Oh, when they are uh, getting their first job, they will have to pay for SVD. Uh, but if they don't know about SVD until that, how will they know uh, what to choose? So I think it's really important to build relations earlier on to get a picture. What is this and what they, do they do? Um, yeah. True, true. Speaking about the SVD, uh, which is the worst social media crisis you ever had during your time there? Yeah, uh, it's been a few. <laughs> and this is not the worst one. I, I tend to repress the worst crisis and forget about them, I think. Uh, but it's one of the newest. Uh, this winter, uh, Lynn Svan became a world champion. Maybe you saw it on TV as well. Yeah, no, you remind me. Who's that? I forgot. That's a, that's a sprinter, a ski sprinter. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry, yes, yes. Yeah. And the same day this happened when she took the gold medal. Oscar Svensson also did a pretty good job. And he came on sixth place, I think, fifth or sixth place. And nothing like a gold medal, but still. And on site and on social, we focused on Lynn, of course. This was a gold medal. It was huge. But something happened. And uh, in print, we had Oscar Svensson three times bigger, uh, both in picture and in article, than Lynn Svensson. So it looked... What happened? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, something happened. And I think I answered around 200 messages uh, that day on DM and then different posts and so on. Uh, and when something like this happens, um, I try to just explain that this was a huge mistake. This is not what we do normally. And as I said, sites and social media had a different angle. Uh, so something happened. And of course, we talked about this a lot in the newsroom and many people felt really bad about this. And I think for me, it was extra hard to do this because I love sports, all kinds of sports. Uh, and I think I watched the whole championship, every race. And also I'm a very, uh, I'm engaged. The thing about women and sports are so important to talk about. But I mean, it was a mistake. The readers could understand it, right? Some of them, when we try to explain that this is not something that we stand for and this is not what we normally do, they, they did understand. But it looks it looks bad. And that is something that we have to deal with. And do you answer all the comments and questions for SVD on, via social media? Uh, not all of them. But my ambition is to answer the serious ones from real accounts, from real people uh, that could actually be uh, a subscriber. Um, I try to sort out uh, the anonymous ones, fake accounts and so on. Uh, but I think it's really important to see social media as it goes both ways. Uh, as a media company, 
Um, we have to listen to the readers. We have to take them seriously. And taking them seriously is also answering them. So yeah, I try to, my, my way of thinking is that we get more loyal readers that way and that we can build a more trustly brand and more serious brand by doing that. What other media brands are doing well on social media? New York Times is, is always New York Times. Uh, but I think here in Sweden, uh, Veckorövin is actually doing a great job by, for example, explaining the pandemic for their readers on social media. And they also kind of pick up the right subjects and, and make journalism in a quite new and exciting way. So I think that's really interesting. And also, yeah, we talked about New York Times. They have a smaller account called New York Times Gender, which makes a kind of more women stand out and they pick the news that are more relevant for women. And that's kind of interesting. I'm really interested in how can we get more uh, women as a readers at SVD, but also how can we make the gap between men and women in media smaller? You can only get one social media platform. You can only have one in the future. Which one would you choose and why? Uh, on a personal level, I still like Instagram a lot. Uh, it's very visual. It's still kind of nice. It's not so much hate comments, at least not in my threads. It has to do that is with it that it's more visual, isn't it? That people don't tend to write. Yeah, you know? I think so. And that it's very inspiring. Like you said, pasta recipes uh, and so on. You can use it for find uh, workout videos. Um, I use it a lot for all kinds of purposes. And of course, Instagram is a part of Facebook. We shouldn't forget about this. So uh, Facebook will probably overlive us all. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but I agree. And I think Instagram is kinder. I would probably go for that one as well. Thank you so much, Hannah, for coming to Shipstead Talks. Thank you for having me. This podcast was brought to you by Shipstead Employee Branding Team. My name is Hugo Rienberg and producer was Jens Back. Mm-hmm.